0: Well, you're listening to Darling Street Stories where I get to talk with members of our church community. We talk about life. We talk about faith. We talk about some of the challenges and the joys of being a follower of Jesus. We hope and pray that this will be profoundly encouraging to you and help you to connect with God and learn to live a truly great life. Well, it's my very great privilege this morning to talk to Eliza Lidau. Eliza, so great to have this conversation with you. How are you this morning?
1: I'm great, Mark. How are you doing?
0: Fantastic.
1: Great to be here. Thanks for having me along.
0: Well, it is lovely. And I'm looking forward to hearing your story. So let's start off by just uh, hearing a little bit about your family. Who is your family? What's your family?
1: Who is my family? That's a deep question to start with. Mm. My family currently consists of quite a few different circles. My first initial family is James, my husband, who I live with. Um, And then my other family who I spent time um, with when I was growing up um, is my mum, Alison. I love her dearly. She's a tiny little lady. About shoulder height width or height. Um, And my brother Mitchell and my auntie Cheryl. So I have a bit of a blended, odd family. Okay. Um, My dad passed away seven years ago now. Um, He lost his battle to cancer after the second round. Um, Yeah, so that's my family plus my dog. My dog's name is Molly and she's extremely cute and she's a Moodle and she's also about seven.
0: Right. But does your dog live with you and James?
1: Maybe not. I kind of wish she did. Right, she is my dog. i She's I your bought dog? her for my family when really? I lived at home, and then the trade-off for me getting married was that I'd leave the dog for my mum. Oh, okay, which is a bit sad for me, but pretty happy for my mum.
0: Your mum likes the dog. She
1: kind of got the good end of the deal. You, I had to live with a boy, and she got to keep the dog, so
0: uh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm sure she enjoys looking after the dog a lot.
1: She does. Um, it's a little best friend.
0: Perhaps more so than having you in the house? Is that what you were alluding to?
1: Oh, uh, look, maybe.
0: All right. <laughs> That's great. So, Eliza, did you grow up in a religious or Christian family?
1: I did not. Um, both of my parents came from backgrounds that didn't go to church and that didn't have much religion um, attached to them. My mum would call herself Church of England. Okay. Um, she was born in Wales, so in England, um, and her family grew up believing that there was a God yep. but kind of not doing much about okay. it. Um, and my dad was a strong atheist, a strong non-believer um, to the point where he thought that all religions were the same right. and were fighting and arguing over the same thing.
0: Okay, so how did you go from that family to now working in a church and as a chaplain at a school?
1: It's a bit of a turnaround, yeah. Really, in my opinion. Uh, when I was in primary school, my mum sent me to Protestant Scripture, which is now Anglican Scripture, yep. um, and I was in Scripture since kindergarten, since day one, um, and in that class kind of learnt about God and I learnt about Jesus and as I sat there and learnt, my little tiny five-year-old brain thought, oh, this is just something you learn, kind of like maths. You learn how to do maths, then you can do maths. Yep. You learn about God, God's there, cool. Um, and I kind of never thought anything more about it until I was in year one. When I was in year one, my dad got diagnosed with cancer, a sinonasal nasal carcinoma, um, size of a golf ball in wow. his sinus. Um, and the doctors told us that he had a 5% chance of surviving um, an operation that would um, remove the cancer, remove the tumour from his sinus. And at that point I didn't quite understand what that meant. I was still a bit young. Um, but one night I walked into the kitchen and I heard my mum praying. Wow. I'd never heard her pray before. Huh. I'd never heard anyone except for my scripture teacher pray before. Um and she asked and she cried out and she begged God. She was begging God. she was weeping, asking God to save him, to save my dad. Um, and I heard the words, um, and I pray God that you will save him. Amen. And I thought, Ah, oh, maybe God's not just something that we learn about at school as a single subject thing. Um, so we kept going, um, just kept plodding along. My dad survived. Wow um he made um, he went into full remission from his cancer when I was in about year four um, and then one morning this is probably my favorite my favorite story to tell about my dad um, one morning my brother and I woke up and we'd taken out all of his developed photos he had them all in a box all in their sleeves individually um, sorted into particular events particular days that he'd taken them and we took them all out. And he would have had over a thousand. We just laid them out all over the living room floor, mm. not in order. Yep. Mixed them all up. Oh. And then he woke up and he came out. Um, and he, was, he was not happy. Really? I can't imagine he why. I'm not Gosh. sure why he wouldn't be happy. We're just making a nice kind of collage Gee. on the floor. Yeah. Um, and he walked out and he said, right. He said a few more words, mm-hmm. very unkind words. Um, he's not very happy. And he said, you're going to church. And so the next day... He drove us to church and as we got there, he parked the car and he told us to get out and go get some morals. Wow. So off we went Yeah. by ourselves. He did not come with us. Yep. He dropped us at the gate and said, I'll be back in an hour.
0: Wow. So he decided that you, you needed church because you needed some morals because you and your brother were just such, such annoying little... Such
1: annoying little brats. Okay. And then it was there that we started to make friends and get really excited about who God was and what that meant. Um, I started taking scripture a bit more seriously yeah. at school um, and I had a scripture teacher in year five. Her name was Rebecca. Um, I am still in contact with her and she shared the message of Jesus in a way that I hadn't heard before. She shared that if <coughs> Jesus was someone who I believed in and who I wanted to follow that that actually had implications for my life and that wow. actually meant that I needed to change. Yep. And it was at that point that God was like, hey, Eliza, here I am, come home. Wow. And so I accepted Jesus in that scripture class. Um, and I still have contact with Rebecca and we still chat and we still talk about God and we still marvel at the fact that God worked in a miraculous way yeah. um, through her. And then ever since then... I've just loved Jesus so much. I think he's just really cool and he <laughs> – really wow. cool, right? An understatement. Yeah. Jesus is really cool. Okay. Um, he's just the most important thing in my life and even more than James, which some kids that I teach can't quite fathom yep. yet. Yep. Um, but, yeah, he's, you know, he's just changed my life.
0: So good. So, big shout out to Rebecca if you're listening to this to podcast, which hopefully you will. Uh, thank you for your faithfulness and teaching scripture and being Absolutely. used by God to change little Absolutely. lives forever. Uh, so, what's for you? So, you've been a Christian a little while now. Just a few years. Yeah. So, what's the best thing for you about being a follower of Jesus?
1: I was thinking about this during the week. I was thinking about how there are so many good things. But if I, had to, if I had to bring it down to one thing, it would be hope. Mm-hmm. And that's a word that's thrown around quite a lot. But I think the faith that we have um, in an eternal God who loves us and who promises to save us from this broken world gives us such a joyful hope that it doesn't actually matter what we go through. It doesn't matter how hard things get or how great things are. Yeah. That God remains the same and he gives us that hope that one day we will get to be with him forever um, and that excites me and mm. I just I think that is the best yeah
0: fabulous yeah uh, and what um, what have been some of the challenges of being a follower of Jesus that you've encountered because sometimes we can think, oh you know it's all great it's all fantastic follow Jesus life will be perfect well it's not always that way it's so. definitely not how, what have been some of the challenges you've experienced along the, your journey so far?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest challenge that I've faced is that God calls us to have such great patience with him. God doesn't act when we, you know, rub a genie in a bottle and the genie pops out, grants you three wishes. God doesn't act like that. He doesn't. Right. We don't pray to him and he gives us what we want straight away. He actually calls us to be patient and um, encourages us to practice patience often. Um, and I think for me that was the first challenge that I ever faced as a Christian and it continues to be a challenge that I face um, as a follower of Jesus. Um, the example that I'll use when I became a Christian in that Year 5 class, um, I was so struck by my parents' lack of faith that it led me to pray um, and it led me to prayer for a long time um, and I started by praying for my dad. Um, my dad was really important to me. My mum is really important to me as well but I just had a special bond with my dad as my number one supporter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I prayed for him every single day. Mm-hmm. I prayed that he would come to a faith in Jesus and that he would know the love that God has for him. And it just it didn't happen. It didn't happen in my timing right? and I wasn't okay with that. Okay. And I was like, God, but it's a good thing. And, you know, it kind of seems like you want people to follow you and I'm asking you to help my dad do that. Yeah. But he's not. What's going on? Mm -hmm. And my patience was wearing thin. In fact, I'd been praying for about ten years every single day, that same prayer. Um, And then on the tenth year sounds very biblical. On the 10th year, year, um, my dad's cancer came back. Um, He'd struggled with epilepsy as a result of his treatment early on um, and partly that, partly the radiation he'd experienced had caused a lot of damage in his brain and had caused some tumours to reform. And I spent my year 11 and 12 um, schooling life being a full-time carer for my dad. Um, looking after him, giving him medication, feeding him, moving him, the whole shebang. Mm. Um, And I'd do that time and time again. Like If I had my time over, I would not not hesitate to do that. Um, But I just continued to pray that God would change his heart and it felt like I was running out of time. Mm. It felt like he was running out of time. Um, We'd been given kind of... Doctors say all the time, six months, four months, three months. It changed every time he reached the milestone. Um, and something in me knew that there was a reason for that. But I think I struggled so much to be patient. Right. I just got really frustrated with God. I said, God, it's been now 12 years. Yeah. I have been faithful in prayer for 12 years. What are you doing? Yeah. And I've prayed and I've brought ministers in to tell him about Jesus and I've brought family friends in to tell him about Jesus. And there's been countless people come through our house in his state of not being able to get out of his bed and escape it. People have come (laughs) in to tell him about (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. And he just sat there so politely and asked all of them to kindly leave him alone. Yeah. And it got to Valentine's Day in 2014. You know, everybody's renowned for love. Everyone mm. knows that Valentine's Day is known for love. And I was at home and I was baking cupcakes for my boyfriend. Oh. How sweet. Was our first. Which, Valentine's which one was this? This was James. Oh, this was, this James. was my first Valentine's Day oh. with James. Baking him cupcakes. And we get a call from the hospital saying that my dad had been unconscious for five days... Wow. Um, they'd pronounced him brain dead, and that we'd had to come and say goodbye because he wasn't going to make it to the night. And I I sat in my kitchen on the floor, and I cried like yeah. a lot. Can imagine. It, it was sad. Mm, yeah. Um, and I think the people around me sat and cried, but my cry was different. My cry was because I knew that he didn't have a saving faith, mm. and the fear of him not making it to the destination of heaven and being called to his heavenly father was so big. Mm. It just brought me to weep. So I drove to the hospital and as I was driving to the hospital, I was thinking, God, there's no one else here to tell him about Jesus. Mm. His brain is done. It's toast. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? I got to the hospital and I sat there and I listened to my mum cry and speak to him and tell him that it was going to be okay because he was going to be out of pain soon. Mm -hmm. And as a Christian, I know that death has consequences Mm -hmm. and the consequence that people deserve is eternal death and Mm -hmm. the consequence that Jesus freely gives us is eternal life and he hadn't accepted Jesus and it just really played on my mind. The patience was just, yeah, it was not there. And I my mum left the room and my friend Lisa stayed in the room with me. And I prayed out loud, God, there is no one else here. My dad is practically dead. Mm. Show up. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit took control of my body and my words. I stood up. I said something, I don't actually know what it was that I said, Um, but it was along the lines of, hey dad, if you can hear me, Jesus really loves you and Jesus wants you to believe in him because he wants to call you home. And I just prayed and I wept and as I prayed, my dad opened his eyes and he started to speak. And to this day the doctors cannot, they can't explain what happened. Um, I can. you know. Mm. God was at work. Yeah. The spirit was at work. And he looked me in the eye and he said, I believe. And I prayed with him and I prayed that God would just shower him with comfort and peace mm. in his final moments. And then he went back to sleep and he lived for another week, knowing that Jesus was his king, mm. and knowing that he was saved. And then he passed away. And I think 12 years is a long time. But we see time and time again in the Bible and time and time again in life that God is true to his promise and he's true to his word and he is faithful. Yeah. And he's so faithful. We just have to have faith.
0: Yeah. Well, in, in one sense, in your young life, no. 12 years is a long time and in, in another sense, it's really not. Like it's, it's God's timing is not ours. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and I
1: think, yeah, through that first long trial of patience, I have learnt that, you know, 12 years isn't that long mm. in God's timing. God's timing is perfect and yeah. who am I to question that and who am I to yeah, want that to change because I'm not God, uh, only God is.
0: Yeah, that is a it's a beautiful story. I've heard you tell it before, and it's uh, it, it's just wonderfully moving. And and what a great reminder, you know, that God loves each and every one of us far more than we can begin to imagine, and He loves the ones we love more than we can begin to imagine. And yeah, to just keep trusting that. That's a, so if anyone's listening who's been praying for someone or an outcome that hasn't come, just Keep praying, I guess, Always. is the answer. Keep yeah, praying. keep trusting our good Father in heaven who loves us and will yeah. work everything out for our greatest good and His greatest glory. So uh, that's a challenge. Patience.
1: Um, oh, and patience now is a challenge in all different kinds of ways. Right, place. I think that was a good lesson in patience. Yeah it still doesn't come naturally to me. No. I still want people to do things when I want people to do things sure. and I still struggle with knowing that I'm not in control and knowing that I don't actually get to decide the timing of everything. But it is so reassuring knowing that mm. God's plan for people is perfect and God's timing for people and for things to happen is perfect.
0: Yeah. And actually it's a really good thing that you're not God.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I'm
0: personally quite relieved at that. I'm and, also quite relieved yeah, it, at that. It wouldn't be great. No. I mean, for, for a moment it might be good for you, but yeah, the rest of us.
1: I'd give myself maybe half a day. Yeah. Uh, and um, that's generous.
0: So um, if you were giving advice to 15-year-old Eliza or a 15-year-old, young woman who's listening to this, what would you say to them?
1: Wow, 10 years ago. <laughs> 10 years 15 ago. 15-year-old Eliza or 15-year-old person listening to this podcast, um, I would just encourage you um, or I encourage myself or whoever it was um, to hold firm to the knowledge that God is kind and loving and he does things for good. Right. He doesn't do things to mess with people and he doesn't do things to harm people. He does things for, for good. Yeah. Um, and even, bring, even if you can't see it even at the time. If, yeah, absolutely. Even if you can't see it at the time. And I think there was a lot of time when my dad was still alive that I was frustrated and I couldn't actually see what God was doing. Um, but looking back, I can see that God was slowly chipping away at his heart. And slowly using his situation to bring people into him, and to bring him into God. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it doesn't always it doesn't always appear like we know what's going on because we don't, um, and it doesn't always appear like God is working to bring good, but He does. Yeah. Every single time. That's well does.
0: put. So, what do you do with yourself vocationally now? You trained as a teacher. Tell us a little bit about what you do for work.
1: Well, vocationally, I am a master in education. It's a very fancy title. A master of education. I'm a bachelor in psychology it's, it's, it's and a master in education. It's not very
0: gender inclusive. No. Aren't you a mistress or a madam of education? A
1: madam of education. I like that one. Oh. Maybe I'll go with that. Um, master feels like I have control, though. That's true. Okay. Control over you've education. Mastered, you've mastered education. I've absolutely mastered education. I guess education. that's really what it is rather um, than gender. Okay. Yeah. So you... Yeah. You, yeah. A master in education. I have... Um, been working here at Darling Street now for four years. Has it
0: been four years? It's been four oh years, my goodness. Mark.
1: I know. Are you sick of me yet?
0: No, not That's at all. News. Every year gets better. You I agree. It, it has been just wonderful to see you grow and flourish and ah oh, man, it's been been fantastic. It's been so. a
1: wonderful time. I love working here. Um, so I'm working here at the moment two days a week and I also am working this year, I started a new job at Trinity Grammar School as the junior school chaplain. Fantastic. Which is my dream job, right. the job that I have asked God for time and time again and he said to wait Yeah. Um, and then um, the opportunity came up at the end of last year and I thought, well, this is God's timing Yeah. so we're going to do it and it's been really, really fun.
0: That's wonderful.
1: It's been a really fun job.
0: What's the, What's a highlight of the job at Trinity? What do you really enjoy?
1: Oh, a highlight is all of it. I think I've really been pushed this year um, in the sense that prior to this year I didn't really give – um, kids' talks. I didn't really give talks. Yeah. Um, I'd teach. I'd teach from the Bible and I'd teach things, but I never actually had to sit down and form a 10-minute talk. Right. Um, and it's something that I was always a little bit nervous about. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know I either because you're because you're so good at it. I'm not sure why. No. Um, because it's just teaching but for a 10-minute monologue. Yeah. So I'm not sure why. Um, but this year I've been um, – not forced, but part of my job is to deliver two kids' talks a week. Yeah. And so writing those and sitting down and actually um, determining what it is that's important for kids to know about God and about the love that he has for them has been a challenge but a really enjoyable one.
0: Fantastic. And what's the highlight of working here at church apart from doing podcasts like this? All of it. All
1: of uh-huh. it. Uh, um, oh, I was reflecting on this. This week, I think it's the moments where you hear back from the parents that their kids are talking about Jesus. Mm-hmm. I had a parent come up to me a couple of weeks ago and say, Mommy, we forgot to say grace. Wow. Before they ate. And she came up to me, the mum came up to me and said, This is your fault. This is all on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Awesome. Little bit of sarcasm. But mostly it was her saying thank you that um yeah thank you for the impact that you're having in my kids' face. Yeah. There are kids running around our church who are excited to be at church. Yeah. and who are excited to know about God. And that brings me so much joy, Mark. Oh yeah. my goodness.
0: Well, you've done a you've done a wonderful job along with I guess the whole church to create a context where kids love being part of church, and that's just so wonderful, isn't it? I mean, it's
1: oh, it's fantastic, and I don't do it alone. Big shout out to my team of kids yeah. workers; they are all fabulous. I could not absolutely do this without them, mm. um, and I'm very thankful for the tireless effort they give to loving these kids so well yeah. um, and to sharing their faith with the kids. Yeah,
0: yeah. So. Um, what are you looking forward to? What are you excited about as you oh. look ahead?
1: Depends how far you want me to look. Oh, I don't know. I'm excited this afternoon for kids' club. Okay, that's it's good. Friday afternoons is my favorite time of the week. Um, I get to pick up kids from the local public school and I get to tell them about Jesus and have fun. Yeah. Um, next week we're planning a big Master Chef afternoon. Oh. I'm pretty excited about that. That'll be fun. Yeah. That'll be really fun. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to seeing and. Tasting, maybe I'm not looking forward to the tasting part. Mm. Um, some magnificent food creations. Um, but looking forward, I am so excited about the trajectory um, that our church is going and that the kids' ministry at our church is yeah. heading in. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, it's wonderful. If we isn't get it? new kids every single term, we're bringing in new kids, and they are eager and excited and dragging their parents along like yeah. the kids are dragging yeah. the parents along It's fantastic, and that's when you know that god is at work and that the kids are just really happy to be learning about him and to be fellowshipping with each other so i'm excited about that beautiful yeah
0: that's awesome well uh we can have further conversations in future but for the moment thank you so much for sharing your heart and your life and uh Hope it's been helpful to everyone listening to this to get a bit of a sense of uh, who Eliza is and what God has done for her, and um, thank you for your time.
1: Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me.